This is my job. You know, after all this time, I still don't understand how the frick do you read a comic? Where do you start? Left to right, yeah, top to like bottom. You, okay. you pick up one and it starts at the back. You pick up another, it starts at the front. Yeah, do you just open you got up color, and start you got in the no middle? Color. Do you start in the middle and like work your way out? I mean, sometimes <laughs> you read Trillium. We're the comics place and we're oh, your yeah. experts. <laughs> 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 Fuck you, Jane. <laughs> <laughs> The Comics Place in Bellingham, Washington, where I assure you we are awake. We're very awake. At all hours of the day. Huh? Uh, where every Tuesday we gather a bunch of comic books. Sometimes we stay open until midnight that night and then sell the comic books. Or a lot of times we'll just wait till Wednesday. Um, it's easier. Somehow, yeah. at some point, we find time to read at least some of them. And then when all is said and done after that marathon of a two days, we come back up to this little spot. And we engage in a variety of tangents um, about the books our shop, or the comings and goings of our lives. It's been a while since we've heard that. Um, I'm Jeff, and I assure you, I cannot stress enough that I am here and awake right now. I'm Django, and I'm two, also. Uh, I'm, I'm Roman, and I'm awake ever since I escaped from the Weapon R program. Hey, jokes, what do you got? Weapon what R. Do you got? What do you got, comedy guy? I'm Braden. I don't sleep. I got too many comics to read No sleep till Braden Man, we gotta get some canned laughter And just have a patronizing podcast Where every time Braden makes a joke We play canned laughter And you're gonna wear out that button He makes a lot of good ones he makes I'll, all of the good uh, I'll, I'll probably quit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I gotta go. Uh, <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> You're making him have to go. Oh, God, I don't have to go. Uh, so this week, we're going to spoil some comics. Oh, yeah. Every goddamn one of them. Yeah, every, you want to know a secret? Spoil every comic we can. Before us talking about it. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> Still awake. Uh, let's talk about Action Comics number 1000, Skyward number one, uh, Marvel, let's see, Tales of Suspense number 104, Mr. Miracle number eight, Infidel number two, Superman number 45, Black Hammer Age of Doom number one, and Batman number 45. Bat Maestro. All right. You say so. You guys want to do a buckshot too? Yeah. Yeah, let's yeah. do some buckshots. I, I love putting a pin in a podcast in the form of a Batman conversation. I love pulling a pin out of a podcast and just watching it blow up. Some people just want to watch the world burn. How, where do you know that quote from? Uh, Justin. Okay, good. What do you know it from? That's oh, a movie I saw. Sometimes Justin just would drop gems like that. Yeah, know? he was uh, gems the size of tangerines. <laughs> tangerines. He, he told me once that the garden was more of a feeling than a place. Can you imagine? No, it was in the back hallway. That's what I thought. You have to meditate. But it's also and do a, it's breathing. also a feeling. It's both. You can access the garden from your home. Mm-hmm. You can access it from downstairs. You can access it from upstairs. You can access it from the hall as well. Why do I take a bus anywhere if I can just go through the garden to get there? Well, you have to ask Justin's permission. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, if, if we could just do that, we would not have to, like, ferry all this stuff back and forth between stores. I know. My backpack would be so much lighter. Right? It's worth mentioning that in a couple of weeks, we've got it. We'll have a cameo podcast with the one and only Justin. It's mm-hmm. back to the store for free comic book day for Holy a week. Holy moly. Gosh, and we're going to read every single free comic book and review all of them on the podcast. Braden, your, your <laughs> mouth's writing checks our bodies can't cash. We can do that. Wait, every single free comic? Just the ones we got. Not every single one. Well, we're going to have to go get the ones we didn't order, but oh, yeah. Okay, well. Um, can we talk about why I smelled like Roman all day today? The reason for the season. I know why. What's it's because you wore his trash bag. Why did I wear his trash bag, Dow? Because of the the man in the blue and the and the red trunks. And it was Roman's trash bag super blue suit that I wore. We all had matching Superman outfits on today, except for Django, who has a real uncanny knack for saying the shop's all going to do a thing and then not doing it himself. <laughs> Wait, me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, 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 you chuckle-headed... Uh, fart, fart bag, giver outer, um... Charlatan. It was definitely going to end with that. Oh, I was getting shit. There. But I needed to get the trunks in as well. But I was really I fumbling all of it. So I'm, I'm glad that we got it's out of there. It's probably because you're, you're like, we're so energetic and awake tonight for it's, this special edition podcast. I just podcast. drank a whole cup of Mio Energy Supplement Water. So Action Comics 1000 by a lot of people, but particularly Bendis, who came in this issue... <laughs> But that, was, but that was only at the very end. Excuse me? Uh, do we need to take two? Uh, well, I mean, like, <laughs> this is the issue of Bendis coming um, that has been advertised for an entire month of double page. It has been long, his long prophesied coming. And even still, uh, we at the end of this issue, after he got his first story, uh, it ends there with it a is. single shot of Bendis is coming still. And, and smuggle smiley Superman. And thus <laughs> yeah. continues the worst advertising campaign of someone, all of DC yeah. history. Someone had to have looked at that and been like, hey, all right. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Suggestive. I like it. <laughs> Shrek did. Boggling. Um, uh, all right. Yeah, sure. Oh, I love those guys. <laughs> yeah, we had like 10 short stories in here from uh, Dan Jurgens, Peter Tomasi, uh, Marv Wolfman, Jeff Johns, Richard Donner, Brad Meltzer, Paul Dini, Louise Simonson, Tom King, and Snot Skyder. <laughs> <laughs> and Snot Brian Skyder. Michael Bendis with a bunch of artists and colorists. Um, and each one was about eight pages, and I read about two-thirds of them, and loved them. Django has heard me tell the story a billion times, but it is worth mentioning. Did you cry, Jeff? Not only did I cry, Django, but I took this goddamn book to Diamond Jim's alone right after leaving here and got a table by myself and sat in the sun and kept reading and kept crying. And I would be like, all right, there's like eight text bubbles left on this page of this story. You've just got to make it through here before everyone in the restaurant looks at you like a crying stranger. Just stop crying! And I never did. Um, and then I finished this issue and went right into Superman 45 and just cried even harder. Um, you, uh, some kind of baby? I just, <laughs> Super I mean, baby? I guess th- there's, this is such a huge issue and there's so many little stories. How do we want to talk about it? That was my feeling on the overall thing. Is I, I was hugely in love with it. I haven't read all of them yet and I like some more than others. Which ones did you read? So I read, um... The Neverending Battle by Peter Tomasi, and I thought that one was really great, Me and it too. sort of did a, a really great job of uh, talking about Superman from the, the beginning of his origins to like Kingdom Come Future stories, and, yeah. and illustrating some of the nuance of his personality that's changed. 
Um, I really liked The Car by Jeff Johns, and that was basically about the guy who had gotten in the car accident on the cover of Action Comics number one. Mm-hmm. I didn't catch that, and I like it a lot more now that you've mentioned it. I Yeah, I... Actually, that title made me think that maybe that was it. Yeah, and that does a great job of just showing Superman's never-ending. Like I'm always going to give people another chance, and you can always turn your life around. And even if you're the bad guy, he's going to show up and try and help you. Uh, the fifth season by Scott Snyder, I thought was pretty good. Um, that was just sort of a cool little what, was buddy that? out between Lex and Clark. Sure. Um, I did not like that one. Yeah, it, it wasn't his finest writing, but I did think it was nice to just get a little short story. That one didn't make me cry. The other, the others so far have. Of Tomorrow by Tom King was probably my favorite. That, that was, was awesome. Superman who yearly revisits the long abandoned Earth that's dissolving and you know being destroyed, and he does it to say hi to his parents. And the whole thing is basically just a conversation with his parents' grave. And that five one, billion years later. I would, and his like Lois is like in charge of something. It, it reminded me yeah. of Invincible. He, yeah, me too. Because he, he goes, he goes to the, he goes to visit them once again uh, for the last time because the sun is about to explode and envelop the earth. Yeah, and, like, it's like woof. And he's, he's got parent issues. It's yeah. good. And listen, five billion years later, he's still wearing those trunks. So and Lois is eating or yeah, drinking or eating the Eternity Formula. Yeah, she doesn't sure. cool. Yeah. Um, it's faster than a speeding bullet by Brad Meltzer. That was just basically Superman racing to save somebody and uh, the pressure he puts on himself to be there for people. And then finally, The Truth by Brian Bendis. I did not cry during that one. That was probably my least favorite of all the ones I read. Well, it wasn't a particularly emotional story no, compared to the others. No, it wasn't. In fact, I think that it was a misstep having like the first chapter of his big story yeah. be in this. Yeah, it was. It didn't fit the tone of the rest. It was just like, oh, here's the direction I'm going to go in. Yeah, it felt like a free comic book day kind of teaser issue. Although, it had probably my favorite scene in it, uh, which is when Superman gets punched and he's flying towards this bookstore. And he, Mm. oh, like he's definitely going to crash through the window. And you see him use his flying power to stop his momentum right before he smashes through the window. That was cool. I really liked that. And and that's, that's some of the most. I think some of the, the the most dynamic Jim Lee art I've seen in a long time because Jim Lee hasn't really blown me away in a lot th- of that, years. That is very much how I felt about this issue. Was like Jim Lee is an attraction by the nature of his name, but he hasn't really done any, in my mind, like great art in a comic book in a really long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I liked what they're setting up at the end there. Like mm-hmm. this, this guy destroyed Krypton. Yeah, I always thought it was natural. I mean, how many times or... have we found out that Krypton was destroyed for a different reason than yeah. we thought? I don't know. I haven't been reading Superman. Yeah, one point Brainiac Not even for eighty years. Um, no, I was reading Batman. Just the story <clears throat> beat of like, but actually, this thing that you always thought was happening was really this is like, oh, okay, yeah, like that's that's a storytelling element that is. Pretty played. Yeah, for me, for me, it was like oh ho hum. For a while, we thought it was Brainiac was involved in it. For a while, it was like the basically the alt right of Krypton. I mean, (laughs) I don't, I don't know. That scene with him stopping outside the window that was awesome. Yeah, giving characters to people around Superman is pretty much the only way you're going to get me to 
feel any stress for Superman. Yeah. Like, watching this big old ugly dude beat Superman up, who gives a shit? He's Superman. Yeah. Like, like, is he, he, is he being bruises. hurt? Is he, is he okay? Like, I don't know. Yeah, or is it just, yeah. like, the physics of this guy's weirdo infinity fist is knocking Superman around and Superman can't stop flying into things? Like... That that stuff doesn't interest me as much as what's going on to the people who are affected by Superman. I would love to just read a book about <clears throat> people in Metropolis and like some sort of realistic emotional fallout of having Superman there. I think eighty percent of the comic reading world should own this issue and should read it. Uh, I mean, there's at least at the very least there are a couple stories in here that sh- have a really good series of snapshots of. Superman over the years, uh, which kind of translates to comic books over the years and storytelling, like pop culture at large. Is it 80%? Like 80%. I'm going to go with 60. Yeah. Well, a lot do you know. I so, think that's more realistic of how many people bought it today. Yeah. So I think my favorite thing about this issue, aside from the Tom King parental issue thing that he's so good at, is uh, in the credits of the Tomasi short in it, um, what I think is so phenomenal about this issue and why it's so spe- special um, is that it, they do the credits on the final page of that short, and it says, Never-ending battle, and below it it says, Happy birthday, Superman. Here's to another 1,000 issues and another 80 years. The pleasure was all ours. And I think that that is the point of this. What I love about this and what I love about Superman and comic books is that it's still a lot of people. And granted, at this point, the people writing comics, it is a lot of <coughs> old white people. But even still... It's a lot of people who have been inspired by and found escapism and love and happiness through reading about this character who is just a good person at its best. And I really love that. Like, that's what this issue, with the exception of the business part, was to me. It was a lot of people just sort of coming together and having a party and paying homage to an idea. And I love that idea of, like, the pleasure was all ours. Like, like... I don't know, there's something really beautiful to me about a bunch of people just saying thank you together for this thing that we've all been communally inspired by. And that was what I was really thinking about as I was reading this issue. And that was like only the second short. So that really sort of carried me through it. And then I went right into the Superman issue after it. But So personally, I would say like 95% of people should read it because I think that that sentiment is what superhero comics at their best are about and that's like when they were created in the 30s and in the 40s like that's what superman was he's like a, a christ allegory or a goku allegory or any other you know like a sun god allegory like justin is super informed about uh, the parallel incarnations of, of of this type of character over uh the span of humanity but uh yeah i don't know being in touch with that and like the pleasure's all ours like we're not necessarily here to be criticizing and how good could this be or how much was i entertained it's like this is a love letter to one of the enduring myths of America is Superman. Like, there's not a lot of things that uh, I consider to be, like, American legacies, and Superman is one of them, and that is what's cool to me. Yeah, Off the soapbox. If, if nothing else, in every single story, even the ones that I didn't care about the actual story, there's great <clears throat> iconic shots of Superman. Oh, I, I, I'll split the difference. I'm going to say 90% of people, comic book readers, should get this. I give it a 10, personally. I I loved it. like, And I haven't even read all the shorts in it, but it made me feel a great deal. And that could have been the time, but uh, it made me remember why 
having a person like Superman in my heart and my brain is an important thing. Yeah, it, it made me feel a lot no- emotionally and also just nostalgic, nostalgically, um, like the Mister Mixapitalic story mm. where he's like the most powerful being in the universe, and it ends with the Batmite and the Thunderbolt from Johnny Thunder, and I think that was the Martian Manhunter's little alien buddy. All these imps, and it's just this goofy '70s Superman era stuff. And even that, even though I don't remember what the story's about, it was just it was it was so fun. I give it a seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Superman's not really my guy. Yeah. It takes a different kind of Superman story to really hook me. Um, I liked about half the stories that I read. I skipped a couple of them, and uh, I'll, I'll go back to them. But God, there's a, there's a lot of story. It was a, it was a big book, and uh, I had a lot of comics to read this week. But yeah, se- seven and a half. I think it's for me, this is a more important comic than a comic I'm going to come back to and read again. It's it's a very interesting thing to have a comic book reach 1,000 issues. And bring so a score from you. Uh, I, I don't I don't know. It was, I don't feel right scoring it since it's so many different stories. Like yeah, and also like Django, and it's totally cool. Superman might not be your guy. You don't. That's good. I don't know, a seven, I guess. It was there was some some pretty good stories and some stories I didn't really care about. Um, nothing that resonated with me super emotionally though. Super. <laughs> um, can I'm futz up the order and can we just go right into Superman from here? Um, so this is the end of Peter Tomasi and Patrick Leeson's run on Superman, which they've been doing since the beginning of uh, rebirth, well, and, and it's mostly been really, really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I dropped out. And this of, one has two beautiful covers. They are. I dropped out of the Bizarro Kid issue, which a lot of this had to do with. Um, but it basically oh. was a large return to them just having a day at the fair and moving out of the house that he had them living in for this whole run. And in the middle of it, there's this beautiful Robert Frost quote about moving on and growing and that change is scary and new things aren't awesome, but if we don't allow ourselves to grow and give up those things, uh, we're never, well, like I said, able to grow. Um, And it's not always pleasant. And also, it's not always even in the pursuit of growth. Sometimes change just happens and it sucks, but that's life and it has to happen. And I don't know, like, to me, this... I went right into this from action and just like started crying even more <laughs> into my eggs and bacon and <laughs> biscuits and gravy at Diamond Jim's. Uh, I don't know, like that. Th- I love comics for entertainment, but my favorite favorite comics are ones that like move me. And this is I'm hogging it all because I just was pr- pretty profoundly moved by two books this week, and it was both Superman ones. And I really, really appreciated having it, and I really appreciated. Um, the care and love that these creators have for Superman and that Robert Frost quote and uh, Lois crying as she's cleaning the floors in their old house and seeing the footprints of her baby boy who's now grown up like in the dust. Oh, that's so nicely done. That's... The the moments like when him and John are planting the the flower from Swamp Thing and Clark uses this metaphor about how the roots need to stretch out from their comfort zone to flourish and his son John is like, yeah, that wasn't too subtle, Dad, but I get you. (laughs) Like, oh, was that a little heavy-handed? I really yeah. like the the shot of them skipping rocks on the lake, and the airplane reflect and the mm. airplane in the sky reflected the perfect yeah. reflection. Yeah, this is a beautiful issue. Yeah, I think it's a good uh, a good wrap up to the series, which has been 
almost all really good. They're, they kind of floundered for a minute there. I feel like if you took a third of it out, it would be an incredibly high-caliber series. Yeah. Yeah, and even so, like, the bad ones were just kind of boring. They, they weren't actively bad. They just weren't. I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, and it's not super cool to like Superman, but uh, he's he's really inspiring to me. And if you're alone and stuff, he can be a pretty good thing to get you through. Alone at Diamond Gyms. Yes. Alone at Diamond Gyms, crying into a pile of sourdough toast. And this mm. even had a to- the spread in the middle with the Flash mm. shows up to my, who's Superman and the Flash are two of my favorite DC heroes. And the Flash helps them move all their stuff. <laughs> he moves all their stuff in like less than a minute. It's so sweet. I did feel like it was a little formulaic to have them go back to the fair. Yeah. Like, it, it felt like they knew that that fair issue was kind of the clincher for a lot of people who were reading the read series. That issue. that issue was, that was the one that I think it was like issue seven or I something. Think so. I think that's what boosted sales of the trade paperback so people could catch up and read that fair mm-hmm. issue. And mm-hmm. it was a great issue. This this felt a little bit like going back to the well, but I, I like the issue overall. Yeah. I, I'm sad to see this team leave and... Superman and, and the family leave the the small town. I'm yeah. really, it was really cool. I'm really pumped when a thing has an ending, though. Yeah, yeah. that's true. But yeah, I agree with John. I'm like, oh, God, leaving the farm, that's just wrong. I give it a, an 8. I give it a 9.5. 7.5. I'll give this one a 10. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't okay. cry on any books this week. Dude. I cried on this one. I have cried so much in the last couple of weeks, it's silly. When him and John Spring. are walking through that field past the pond, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, Looking good, everybody. Still awake in here. I love it. <laughs> you guys read Skyward? Yes. What's the word on Skyward? Uh, Joe Henderson wrote it. Lee Ga- Garbett drew it. Antonio Fabella colored it. And Simon Boland lettered it. I really like this book. Basically, in the beginning, <laughs> this uh, this family is hanging out, and the gravity turns off, and they all start floating. And then it jumps 20 years into the future, and the the little baby who was hanging out when the gravity reversed is now a courier running th- or floating through town delivering things. And she runs into some trouble... Floats into some trouble. Floats into some trouble. <laughs> Doesn't even Jesus, really know what you, running is. You just had that preloaded, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Quit this podcast. <laughs> uh, and when she gets back to her house, her dad says, I know how to reverse it. Um, the art's great. The action's great. The the it, It's very dynamic. It Like, you can... You can see the movement in every, in every shot. And I... Yeah, man, I, I, <clears throat> if the, if the, I, I can't really think of a more beautiful, like visually beautiful book on the stands this week. Although I have no. not finished them, but uh, the art is gorgeous. The characters are all beautiful. But beyond that, even just the environments are really, really pretty. <clears throat> it seems like a really, really well conceptualized story. Uh, there was so much just very light text pages in which the art was creating a world. And there's all these balloons floating, and in the background you can see transportation systems that have developed in this 20 years of no gravity. And I loved that she has a crush on this guy who doesn't have legs and therefore can't walk, but that doesn't really matter because walking isn't a thing that people do in this society, so it's cool to see like a crush in that dynamic and have it be totally understandable. Uh, 
and I, you know, things subtle things like she fires a bullet to escape, and it, you look like maybe she's gonna shoot it at these bad guys. They're trying to rob her, but no, she's just using it because it's gonna shoot her backwards. Um, all of that was just—it's a well lived-in world. <coughs> Excuse me, I was surprised too that it's so. What what did you say? A well-realized, beautiful world, or something? But the, the, the little things like as her and this guy are talking. She doesn't just drink. You just open the cap and the water kind of floats out in little bubbles and globules. like you're in a space capsule, globule, yeah, and you just kind of suck that and in. And like she walks into her dad working out, but yeah. she mentions she thinks she inhaled some of his sweat. Because you can see, would, you can yeah. see the drop like, <laughs> yeah. floating off of him. And yeah, the mugging scene was great. I mean, the way they get around town and how to propel themselves, that was all very impressive. The shot of like the mom trying to get into the house when gravity fails and she like jumps for it, but then out of nowhere a car hits her and her arm is just like broken and twisted behind her. Uh, that was just a really cool car accident scene because it defies all of our understanding. Oh, okay. Of it. Her arms. It's weird. I didn't get that her arm was broken. I thought it was just bad art. Yeah, I would give this a. I give this an eight. I give it an eight too. That's my pick of the week. I think I go 8.5. I I yeah. really thought it was very pretty, and I could have read another issue without standing up and be been very happy about it. Yeah, I would give it a, a seven. I thought it was pretty cool, um, and I like how her hair like floats up. Like they they like pay attention to that kind of detail. Yeah, like, yeah. It's all over the place. The thing they're so they think it's so weird a crossing a head sign, which yeah. is totally like hieroglyphics to them. You can cut that yawn out, right? I would never. <laughs> uh, Brayden, yeah? did you read any Marvel comics this week that none of us read? Uh, yeah, I did read one. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Mr. Miracle after Brayden talks about his Marvel comic. It's, it's Tales of Suspense featuring Hawkeye and the Winter Soldier. Uh, number 104, part 5 of 5 by Matthew Rosenberg and Trello Foreman and Rachel Rosenberg. Rochelle. Um, or Rachel. I don't know. Um, this is the finale to this big kind of uh, mystery that's been building up that we kind of saw all the all the pieces fall together in the last issue, and this is kind of them. We saw them start when we recorded at Jay's house. That was the best. Yeah. And now we're not at Jay's house, and we're talking about the end of it. And Oh, sorry. We really should Didn't have been to in step Jay's on you. house. Yeah. We really should have been there. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jay. Hey. Sorry, I was being Braden snapping a Django. That didn't work. <laughs> that didn't play out at all. Um, no, this was this is really good, and this this whole series has been uh, really good too. And it's got a lot of uh, like funny moments mixed with cool action moments, mixed with like kind of emotional heavy moments. Like, and they're all interwoven together pretty tightly. And I think that's a hard thing to do. That uh, Matthew Rosenberg has pulled off pretty well. And it's probably why he's getting so much work at Marvel right now. Um, there's a scene where, uh, like, Black Widow's fighting a bunch of, like, clone duplicates of herself that, like, don't have any memories that have been, like, just been growing because they just replace agents like that, I guess. And, like, they're all fighting together and uh, Hawkeye and Winter Soldier rush in and... Winter Soldier says, how do we know which one is the real Natasha when, like, all the clones are wearing white and, like, Black Widow's the only one actually wearing something different? And she just says, like, are you fucking kidding me right now, James? And, like, <laughs> just like, yeah, it's, it's, it's clever humor. And it ends with a 
pretty interesting. She like leaves a couple of letters for both of them and it leaves some interesting questions hanging. Like um it's hopefully leads to more more comics. Um I would give this issue uh, a nine out of ten and I would give the whole series a nine as well. I think it was uh I think it was really good. Nice. And uh check out the trade if you didn't read the issues because Because it was, it cool. was not one word would be underordered. It was underordered by sure. us. <laughs> we sold out of all of them. Oh, wow. um, That's good. Speaking of regular panel layouts, Ooh. anybody else read Mr. Miracle number eight? I read Mr. Miracle number eight. That's oh. my breakfast book for tomorrow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's once it's all a good of breakfast my book. big, big week is done. Tomorrow I'm going to get up. I'm not going to do anything all day. I'm not going to go nowhere. Catch day. I'm house-sitting for my sister. No one's going to be around me. <laughs> Listen, Jeff, I actually can't work tomorrow. Can you... Uh... Listen, I have gotten... Oh, I yeah, yeah. Come to think, people, I can't make it in either. Three <laughs> people try and do that to me in the last two or three days, and I've gotten out of all of those. I'm dodging this bullet. <laughs> uh, so this is Tom King and, and Mitch Garretts, again, just making a, a good comic. Uh, this is, I don't know, like probably six months after... Maybe, maybe three months after the, the previous issue oh. when they had the baby. Uh, it follows exclusively Scott uh, alternately taking care of his baby and battling in Apocalypse. And so he and Barda have have a schedule where they like one of them goes to battle for a day and then they come back and the other one goes to battle. And in the meantime, they're watching the baby. So these guys are not getting a whole lot of sleep. They're, I mean, it's it's parents. They're, one of them's going to work, and the other one's working with the baby. Um, I don't, Django, have you, you've had a baby. I've had a baby. Or, or is I've, that I've true? Had some to, is this true to life? I don't really remember. I think I I blocked out the like the amount I didn't sleep, and so I don't know where this issue really went or where it really left us. But so it, every issue issue of Mister Miracle, except for the last one. Well, I mean. You know how when you're listening to uh, an album by an artist who's constructed the album to put you in a certain headspace, mm-hmm. it's a very specific feeling. Like they they're they're making a mood for you, yeah. and they're they're forcing you to have at least some version of the feelings they want you to have while you're listening to their creativity. And what a well expressed version of how I think about albums, Django. Yeah, and that's what this is. And that's what this whole series is, I think. But this issue is, like, you can almost just feel Tom King and Mitch Garrett's kind of deciding how you're going to feel while you read this comic. And it's effective and awesome. And in every different day, uh, Scott is wearing a different superhero T-shirt. Well, let me see that. And on the battlefield, when they encounter, like, a baby parademon, and Scott's hesitant because all of a sudden he he has a baby now, he's like, wait, don't kill it. Uh." I, like, the way I could watch movies changed after I had kids. I went to Hmm. see Hostel 2, and there's a scene where they kill a bunch of kids, and three years earlier, it wouldn't have bothered me at all. Man, I can't get my rocks off watching kids get murdered anymore. (laughs) Not even that. It's just, like... It didn't bother me before, and th- and then suddenly it bothered me. And and watching him have that same problem on the battlefield where he murders parademons all the time. Yeah, I mean another another great Miracle Man issue. Um, Mr. Miracle. Yeah, whatever, Mister Miracle Man. 
<laughs> Mr. Manager. Miracle Man. Mr. Manager, Miracle Man. Uh, I'm going to give it, uh, no, whatever it's called, I'm going to give it an eight and a half. I'm ready for, I'm ready to see us head towards some resolution or some idea of what's going on We've here. We've got nine, 10, 11, and 12 left, only four issues. So I think things yeah. are going to start getting into focus here. I, jeez. Summer 6, isn't I, it? I would also give this a 10. These two DC comics were awesome. Roman. This Dude, and Superman. Roman, I love you. There is nothing as pure as your love of comic books, and it makes me love comic books oh, more. That's so awesome. Um, Django, you had just said something that uh, when you were you were talking about that issue, and you were saying that um, they when they made you feel weird when they wanted you to feel weird, mm -hmm. you know. Um, Man, Infidel number two. Holy shit. Holy shit. So this is written by a person, and it's drawn by another person. And those people are people. And their names <laughs> are good names, because they've been living with them their whole life. And they're generally right there. And that place that I'm talking about is the back cover. And the writer <laughs> is Pornsack Pichot-Shot and artist Aaron Campbell. Uh, colorist Jose Villarubia. Um... Man, so I read this just before the podcast because I wanted to try and get some more books under the belt, and Django said it had spooked him out. This is a very effective horror book. That's that's the word for it. Effective. Yeah. The part that got me, um, page one, panel two. <laughs> uh, she's staring at a thing of strawberries, which by the end of the issue have gone rotten in the very oh, same day yeah. they were acquired, I'm just realizing. But she's staring at a bottle of medicine. It's cutting back to a conversation she had with the doctor. And the second, like, she's asking, like, hey, I had this weird hallucination from the first issue. Uh, and he's like, yeah, well, it could have been your medication. And she said, it could. And then he says, sure. Ativan's recommended for patients dealing with anxiety and insomnia. But it's also a mild hallucinogen. And I'm sitting there like, man, anxiety and insomnia is my nightmare, like my living nightmare on days where that happens, where like I'm anxious and my anxiety is stopping me from falling asleep mm. and you live in this horrible like fight club, like the way he talks about it. You're in this horrible purgatory where you just want to go to bed, but you also just want to be escaped from your thoughts. And I don't get there often, but it is a horrible nightmare. And just the way that they talked about it made me think about it and put me in that space of what it feels like when you're at like four o'clock in the morning and all you want is to go to bed, but as soon as you just lay there with your eyes closed, you just start thinking about all those thoughts you don't want to think about. And that feeling carried me through the whole issue. And damn, if they didn't do that effectively. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and uh, did, did you get any of the jump scares? Um, I, I've never gotten a jump scare reading, but I got the one that I think that you meant, where, like, the kid walks off saying, like, miscellaneous, miscellaneous, and um, you turn the page, and I think that they did it as well as they could have done it, but yeah. I turned the page and looked at the bottom right corner of the second page and saw oh. arms, so I was just primed to get that for the top left. Mm -hmm. But I do think that in terms of a jump scare, that's the best way that you can do one in a page-by-page -page comic. That well, this, very well done. This, the art in this is super straightforward and, and grounded until... Ghost shit happens, and when when the monsters show up, they're really scary. Like the the two two headed monster that comes out of the wall at her, and like having the monsters are like hands pull her mouth apart while it's trying to stick its finger in her mouth, like 
Ugh. Brandon, do you think you'll be reading the rest of this series? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, I didn't get a chance to read this one, but I want to. Okay. Um, I'm going to try and read the third one. Uh, I'm going to try to read it after where, the second one. After every page, when I, once I finish a page, I'm going to close my eyes, then turn it, and then look. At That's the, a smart way of doing it. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that. Yeah, I. I think it's really good. I think that the character work is super important in a book like this, and it's really well done. I think the Star Wars complaints from the first issue kind of come back in this one and and fit together better. Like the, the, the grandmother is trying to learn enough about Star Wars to relate to the little kid, um, and, and the monsters in this are just wonderful. I'm going to give this uh, an eight and a half. I'm going to give it uh, an eight and a half as well. Yeah. Um, so listen, let's 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 do a little work before we get to have dessert. What do you think? Oh. Um, hey, Braden. No, uh-huh. I do not like let's that. Let's see. Um, you are able to lift a lot of weight. All that of that to say, how do you feel about getting a buckshot underway? Um, yeah, let me, what do I got here? You're still awake, <laughs> and you got a minute and 30. Go. I read Fence Number 5. This is a great book, um, and it's uh, scratching my sports manga itch that I didn't know I had very effectively. <laughs> um, it's great, and I love it. I think you'd like it, too. <laughs> I read Sonic the Hedgehog Number 3. Uh, starring Knuckles the Echidna, and he's just like the fucking coolest. He's a he's a big red rowdy boy. He's ready to fight, and I love him. And uh, I'm glad he's back. I hope they do a Knuckles spinoff series because I would probably enjoy that more than the the main Sonic one because I like Knuckles a whole lot. Very cool. Um, I read James Bond the Body. Um, it was very good. Um, it's got some heart issues, some matters of the heart to deal with, which were pretty cool. But I don't think it was my favorite of the series, so better luck next time, Cot. Uh, Weapon H number two, his uh, his claws are a lot bigger on the cover than they are in the comic, and I think that's a damn shame. Um, Her Infernal Descent was all right. Uh, Curse Words is pretty good. I think I might have missed issue 12 somehow, but it still made a lot of sense and was pretty funny and clever. Uh, Power Rangers number 26, Tommy's dead. Spoilers. Um... <laughs> And I'm okay with that. I didn't like him that much, but we got Dracon's uh, army back together, and they're invading other timelines and getting other ranger teams, and I love seeing them, and it's pretty fun. And, yeah, you know. We're getting too good at this buckshot. Well, I mean, we you know. We just did five in under a minute 30. We gotta, we gotta evaluate what the buckshot <clears throat> is for. Shouting. It's basically to Shout. be a big lead-up to talk about that weird little cop robot at the end of Power Rangers. Ro- Braden, you and I both read the same two-page or two page epilogue at the end of the oh, Power yeah, Rangers we did. issue. Let's talk about that weird Power Ranger that is a robot from the future with a bike and stoplights His on. His name is Blue Centurion. Do you remember the episodes with him? No. But I only remember seeing him. I'm sure I've seen toy. him, but... I don't remember. This must have been like around Power Rangers Turbo when their Rangers, like their Zords were cars. Have you seen the movie Power Rangers Turbo? Yeah. That's a very good one. I'm pretty sure the bad guy calls someone a nincompoop at some point, and I really like that as a kid. Yeah. Um, It's this backup story that we're so pumped on is written by Ryan Ferrier and illustrated by Vakan, and 
It's really fun. It's like this weird, like it's your typical actiony cop drama action yeah. guy, with like J. Jonah James. You're off type. the case type stuff, but they're all robots. Listen, and you're off the case. Got like a traffic light jammed in his chest. It's just super silly, and I love it. And I could watch this weirdo cop bot do anything. Um, can we get some scores? Um, Power Rangers. Uh, yeah, seven point five out of ten. Curse words will go eight. Her infernal descent uh, six. Weapon H number two uh, six and a half. James Bond the body eight. Sonic the Hedgehog eight. Fence eight and a half. That's like a lot it. of high scores. Jeff, wow. have you ever bucked a shot? A buckshot at a buckshot? Yeah, but not without a chaser. Hey, uh, Jeff. <laughs> I want to talk about Spider-Man. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. I'm starting the clock now. Go. Oh, shit, I dropped your phone. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> you, I watched you crack yours this morning, so. Go. <laughs> um, Amazing Spider-Man 799 by Dan Slott and Stuart Immonen by, uh, and uh, Marte Gracia Wade Von Grabodger on Inc. Um, man, we're just going towards issue 800 of Spider-Man here and the end of Dan Slott's run, which I'm real, real pumped for. Like I've said, I don't think that he's a bad writer. I'm really interested in his plots, but I don't really ever like how his dialogue goes. I'm, it always feels like a chore to be getting through the words, and I just want to sort of engage in the plot that's happening. Um, Superior Spider-Man was like that. So, um, And Stuart Eminem is a fantastic artist, but I don't feel like he's really being utilized super, super well on here, because um, it's still like a, a every two week quick Spider-Man book, so he he's much more rushed than when he does stuff, you know, like Impress with Mark Miller most recently. Yeah. But um, this issue continues that whole Red Goblin storyline, and I really, really like that. Norman Osborn's one of my favorite characters, and Carnage is one of my favorite things. I know Django loves Carnage and Venom. He likes Carnage even more than Venom. Um, Truth. But, uh, and I think that the murderous intent of Carnage combined with the absolute insanity of Norman is is an awesome, awesome thing. But I guess the final page of this, which is really, really cool, is... Uh, Carnage Norman possesses Normie, like Norman's Harry's, Harry's. son. Yeah. And uh, it's like real dark and real evil and taken over and destroying a child's innocence. Um, it's heavy. Ever since we had kids, it's a lot harder to read stuff like that. Um, you and I did a really good job of sort of making that blood pact before the child was born mm -hmm. um, and saying we won't let this change the way we read comics. And we just <laughs> spit in each other's bloody hands and we shook those hands. Yeah. And we fell short of that because it absolutely has affected the way that we read our Spider-Man. Absolutely. Um, I regret having kids because of it. Hey. Uh, I give it a seven point five. I really, I like like the art. I really like the plotting, and it's just a little bit more work to get through than I would like, but it is very good. Roman, I gotta change. Oh, yeah. Okay, got shit. <laughs> and no, go. go. I gotta change my buckshot plan because two of my buckshots are already done by oh, other, the other guys. I barely bucked on some of those. Buck. Weapon H is awesome just because. Uh, uh, Hulk Farine kills a Wendigo in probably the coolest over-the-top way you can yeah, using not only his adamantium and his Hulk strength but Doctor Strange's mystic axe. Oh, oh, here you go. Uh, Jeff covered Amazing Spider-Man pretty well. I agree with all that. Infinity Countdown number two. This is fun, I guess. Cosmic stuff. Adam Warlock, I really like. Um, the art's really pretty. Uh, Richard Ryder's brother comes back who's what been lost for years. There's, I don't even know. Is I read the Galactus? first issue. It's Galactus's armor 
his shell, but somebody else is like flying it. That's what I figured. <laughs> and you don't really know who because it crashes and burns. Classic Galactus. Um, I read X Men Gold number twenty six, the first part of uh, Colossus and Kitty Bride's nuptials. I'm glad to see that because those are two great characters. I love those characters together. The actual issue, I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Let's let's get to the actual wedding. Um, what other Marvels did I read? Uh, 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 Ms. Marvel, whatever this week's issue is, was really sweet because it was Kamala Khan's first kiss, and it's not from who you would expect it to be from. Who is it from? Don't tell me. I want to know. know. I don't Cover your ears and yell. Spoilers. Roman? Don't yell. Red Dagger. Who's hey, a Brayden, it's okay. I've never heard of the person. I can't okay. <laughs> but it's really cool the way they dealt, dealt with, deal with it. So kissing is gross. So A, kissing is gross. B, <laughs> spoilers continued. Did Oh, wait, and that was Spider-Gwen. Did you kiss Spider-Gwen? I haven't read Spider-Gwen. No, I was sorry. I was saying but it uh, wasn't yeah. Miles, but then I was like, no, Spider-Gwen was the one. Oh, yeah, it wasn't Miles. Miles. I forgot about Miles. Yeah, it wasn't him. Yeah. Um, scores? Scores. Um, Amazing Spider-Man, I'll give that a... An eight. I really like Norman Goblin, Red Goblin. Uh, Weapon H, I'll give it, God, I'll give it an eight just because it's so stupidly over the top because and of goofy. That sky Whale F4. The Sky Whale, yeah, whale that thing 10. at the end. The Ur Wendigo <laughs> that they call that they called Ur Wendigo. Um, Infinity, what is it called? Infinity Countdown? I'll give that, I don't know, I'll give that a six. I mean, the art is really cool. I'm a little confused about what's going on, but. And Ms. Marvel, I'll give an 8.5. All right, guys. That was a lot of really heavy gravity lifting, Braden, that we just did. What a buck. Um, what a buck. And we got one bu- We got one book left to just sort of wind this thing down. Do I get to do a buckshot? I thought no, we got... we're done. Wow. Oh. Yeah, isn't Jing, he doing that black... was isn't he doing black straight hammer? up really c- cold of me. I know, <laughs> I know that they're your fans, but sometimes I feel like I... <laughs> Man, I'm really glad that if there's one living joke on this podcast, it's that horrible and shame. And what episode nine that was bad. Hey, Ro- uh, Roman and everybody, I just am so used to that. <laughs> Fuck, man. Yeah, let me do a buckshot, will you? Hey, am Django, I even here? Django, can I stress my like absolute love for you because it's real? I just usually you either go before me or after me, and I end on Roman. It's and, cool, and, baby. Okay, it's cool. cool. You're going now. It's, oh shit! Uh, Batman Creature of the Night number three. Uh, this is another really good issue that is kind of hurt by the horrible font that they chose for Alfred's <laughs> inner monologue. Uh, it does, however, feature the head of William Shakespeare that freaked Jeff out downstairs today. Uh, it's following him around. Uh, in this issue, we find out who the Batman is, which I thought was really cool. Was oh. it? I'm not telling you. you got to read it. No, I said, was it cool? It was cool. That's good to hear. Uh, I also read Survival Fetish from Black Mask. This is a black and white comic, which kind of surprised me, and it focuses on a courier. Like, about a third of the comics that I've read lately are people running around currying things to places. Uh, Metaphor. Most of those are like Black Mask. Um, It's good. For some reason, people get shot when they try to get through a city, so people curry things around. Uh, I also read Nick Wilson, The Further Adventures of Nick Wilson, number four. That's got uh, some really cool art trickery in it that I appreciated. It's also got a guest artist who I would have been happy if he'd been the, the main artist. And the the very end is worth uh, reading. The, the, the text at the end is definitely worth reading. I also read Lucy Dreaming, number two. 
This is a good comic. They've got some very cool ways of censoring dirty words by uh, putting sticky notes over words like feces, intercoursing feces, whelp of a girl pup, and boy parts. That's a, that's a good ending. That really scared me, that sound. Boy parts? <clears throat> Cock. Who's huh. the artist in this issue? I can't find a credit. Uh, oh. I don't know, but I, I dug it. That Nick Wilson? Ian Churchill. Uh, cool. Uh, I'm going to give, what, Batman Creature of the Night? I'm going to give it a seven and a half. I'm ready for the series to be done, and slogging through that that very intricate script is not fun at all. Uh, survival Fetish, I'm also going to give it, uh, not also, I'm just going to give it a seven. Uh, I'm going to read the next one, probably read the one after that, assuming it comes out, it is from Black Mask after all. Uh, Nick Wilson, we're going to give that a seven and a half. I like this issue more than I've liked other issues Part of it was the art. Definitely part of it was the art. And Lucy Dreaming, uh, that's going to get a six and a half. I'm still going to keep reading it. I think I'm going to finish it. It's a kid's book that I like. Nope. It's a young adult book that I like. Yeah, nope. Right it it's an old child's book that I like. Jane, are there any other thoughts I want to make sure you have the chance to say because you're a respected member of this oh, whole thing? It? You're an equal and nobody's... Any anything else? No, Is there a reason that. you took my comic from in front of me and have it in your stack of comics now? I hope that this isn't the new phase of picking my actions <laughs> apart that we're at. Because I guarantee you will find things to think that I'm being mean about. Jingo, this is not a kid's book or a young adult book. It's an it's an adult book. Lucy Dreaming? I thought it was all ages. It's not Boombox and it's not Kaboom. It's two pretty similar covers. Wow. Batman and, and Batman. He likes to look over and glare at you. Batman, Creature of the Night, number three, and Batman. I'm really glad to hear that uh, Creature of the Night, number three, ended well. Um, yeah, it's it's not over. There's one more issue left. Oh, I thought it was just three. No, and wasn't the Superman Secret Identity? That was four. Yeah, it was. Yeah, this is this is going to be four. For some reason, uh, I was. It sure. says next Dark Knight, but with an N, not a K. I always pick them up anyway. Are we doing Black Hammer? Are we doing Batman? What do, what do we... We're doing Black yeah, I thought Hammer. We were... Give me it. Yeah. Is this, okay. this, is this with we the, the original artist from the first Black yeah, Hammer? Yeah, so Black Hammer uh, Age of Doom number one brings Jeff Lemire and Dean Ormiston back with Dave Stewart on colors and Todd Klein on letters. And Raven. Obviously. Um, this has Lucy show up in the very beginning and tell them that she knows what happened and then she just disappears. She's just gone. And uh, we follow... Her ending up in kind of this hell purgatory, and it's it's like a bar where all the bad guys show up, and she tries to leave, and she just ends up back in the in the same bar again when she goes out the door, and then uh, Abe and all his buddies trying to figure out what had happened to her and why they are where they are. Um, Who's that Didi Ramon looking person on the back? I kind of thought maybe that was the Ramones playing in the bar. Yeah, it sure it's looks like unclear, it. but yeah. it is uh, it is somebody who's playing music. Are the Ramones at the end. Are I mean, it's it, oh, pretty much all the characters in this are just cribbed from Silver Age, Bronze Age characters from mostly from DC. Um, so I don't know if there was a musician or if a Ramon just went to hell. Um, I don't know, man. As I was reading this, I was just floored again by how good Jeff Lemire is. He's mm. he's writing these books. He's got at this point there are four, 
five series, five Black Hammer series, four Black Hammer series that have happened, and every one of them is great. The, the ones that aren't the main Black Hammer series stand well on their own, and you could you could read the rest or you could not read the rest. It feels to me like probably what people who really dig the Hellboy universe get out of the Hellboy universe. Mm -hmm. And I would love to see this just continue forever with Jeff Lemire behind the scenes telling people what not to do. <laughs> what do you think, Roman? I really, I really liked it. I mean, it's it's nice. I've been enjoying the spinoffs, but it's nice to be get back to the the main Black Hammer title, mm -hmm. which is the continuation of. Um, it's an interesting way to structure a, a long form story like this. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, Does this feel like the second half, or maybe just the second act, and it could keep going indefinitely? I, for some reason, in my brain, it, it seemed like the second half, and maybe we're on like the nearing, like the downward slope. Yeah. yeah. Does that not yeah, feel true? It could be, but but it also feels like there's room for them to tell as many stories as they can stand to tell. Like each one of these characters has many adventures, and they all feel like very full, like complete characters that he he has, he has books and books and books about what they've done before now. That's how it feels to me. Yeah, and you could do stories like just like the the now the now Black Hammer gets stuck in this. I won't say the Oblivion Bar. That's DC, but in this bar, I mean, oh, yeah, somebody the, the else disappears. Somebody else disappears in this issue too. After she disappears, and ends up in this bar. Somebody else. The same sound effect happens, and somebody else disappears. And now I forget where that was. Who that was? They're in the ante room, the dodgiest pub in all of existence. I like that. I think the ante room is maybe an, like an anti-life or an anti-monitor nod. Yeah. To DC. Yeah, something like that. And I, and I got the impression with this issue, there's some hints that I'm beginning to think that Ma, uh, Madame Dragonfly is maybe behind putting them here. Because mm. she's acting spooky, but in a different spooky way than she used to. Yeah. And acting a little out of character. And they notice it. And I'm wondering, wow, did she put them here to protect them? Or from to teach the them? Anti whatever it was they were fighting that killed Black Hammer. I yeah. just hope that this doesn't end up like lost and they're just all in purgatory forever. Spoilers. I'd be okay if that, yeah. like if that's the case, whatever. You can Yeah. So I also didn't mind the end of Lost. Hmm. Oh, see, I never watched Lost. <gasps> you liked Lost? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thinking about watching it again. Yeah, I wish that I could. I would really like to. Yeah. I'll okay, watch it with you. Um, uh, I'm going to give this book uh, an 8.5. I'm going to give the series so far an 8.5. No, I'm going to give the series so far a 9. It's it's pitch perfect, and I think everybody who likes superheroes even a little bit should read this book. Roman, did you get a score? I did not. I want it. Um, give it to Jeff. Give it to Jeff. <sighs> Giving it to Jeff's Jeff. Game. Giving Jeff the big old... <laughs> Roman score is coming. Yes. 8.5. Roman yeah. score came. Oh, wait. Are we not doing points anymore? Uh, it's a 1 Is to 5 not scale. like that? One Jeff. Five. To Fail. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of in-country, Batman 45. That's not a second. Takes place right. in a country. <laughs> but it certainly did seem it's, like it's one. It's in Kane County or wherever they oh, live. Oh, King. Know. Yeah. Hey, it's Tom, a, Tom King County. It's got Green Lantern. Oh, I was thinking Kane family Batwoman. So... Tom King scripted this. Tony Daniel drew this. And uh, Tommy U. Mori colored this with Clayton Cowell's on letters. To uh, Tony <sighs> Daniel's first 
uh, stint on Tom King's Batman run. Oh, nice. Um, it starts with. It starts with Booster Gold watching Hal Jordan put his ring up to his head and kill himself because he's got so much will. Like, yeah, he's got so much will he can actually overpower the ring's failsafe to protect the bearer. Holy cow! <laughs> that so was the, awesome. Like, most subtle facial expression of Booster Gold ever, which is this <laughs> sort of like three, like thirty percent entertained. 25% bored, like 15%, like, I, I don't know. It's it's such a complex facial expression of like, I'm going to watch this, but I need to get out of here. And why is this happening? And did I do this? Yeah. It, the, the art is very subtle and very good. I'm a really big fan of this artist when he's not writing a book. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Uh, and then, then we just go through kind of this alternate feeling universe where... Um, Batman is trying to kill Booster Gold with guns and grenades, and um, I don't. I, <laughs> yeah, this Punisher Batman, jeez. Yeah, yeah, it's like Punisher Batman. He he does the old uh, hanging a noose down in the alley to pull Booster Gold up by his neck, like he's a Looney Tunes cartoon. But it's masterfully done so that the five horizontal panels are like build on top of each other, so it looks like yeah. only like three panels. Like, it is great yeah. the way Skeets flies almost out of panel, and then comes back and then looks up. Yeah, it's a <laughs> very good page. Um, yeah, and everything seems a little bit wrong. Duke. Duke is, like, drooling and lobotomized. That and... made me, like, <clears throat> passive-aggressively happy. Like, I was like, yeah, we're really <laughs> not doing any fucking thing with this character we've created, and it's dumb, so why not do something really offensive with him to just say, like, hey, what the fuck are we doing with this character? Sure, sure. And I know that wasn't the intent, but, like, I'm a little bit frustrated by that character's existence, so <laughs> that made me, like kind of grossed out in a weird way, but also, like, frustrated and satisfied. I, I don't know how to describe my emotions there, but it was yeah. weirdly complex. Um, so basically, <clears throat> we're just in this horrible, horrible universe where Bruce Wayne is just a rich butthole and everybody else is crazy or killing themselves or lobotomized. And Booster's super proud of himself when he crashes Bruce's party and tells him, hey, I got you a wedding present. I made it so your parents never died. And... Ugh. So what I love about that, and it it seems like perfect that this book came out this week because the huge impetus for Booster Gold giving him this wedding gift is the Alan Moore Superman story for the man who has everything, right? That's what it's yeah. called, right? Yeah. Which is, and he explains it in this, like, I remember that one time you and, you and Superman were talking about how, like, you got Superman this flower and I put him in this reality where everything was perfect and his family never died, but then he realized that that's not what he wanted and he wasn't happy there. So he woke up and the greatest gift of all was learning that the world and the life that he has is the greatest gift. That's a very complex and wonderful storyline boiled down to an insulting summary, but it was an awesome, really classic Superman Alan Moore story referenced very subtly in this, and well, not subtly, overtly, but... It, it was just such a Superman, like a nod to the history of Superman. I was, as I was reading this book on this day of Action Comics 1000 and all of these big Superman stories, like this story kind of just got swept up into larger Superman stories in my mind. Yeah, and, and this was perfect having, because Bo Booster Gold is the only character that could do this and it wouldn't seem contrived or anything. No, because he's just kind of a self-centered yeah, butt. Yeah, and he thinks he's given this great gift because then, like Superman did, 
Batman will see, oh, yeah, that, ain't, that isn't that great. And then Booster, as he's explaining it to him, realizes, and uh, we'll use the time machine to go back and kill your parents. But not really, you know, not just that's the way it's supposed to be. And he's like, oh, shit, I just fucked this up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just so perfect using him as the linchpin for this story. That's impressive. I don't really have any Booster Gold story history, he, except for in 52. He's a... Uh, he football was like, player. yeah, he's a football player that like got dis- in a scandal for gambling, for fixing his games. Far in the that. future, yeah, far in the future, mm-hmm. like after or during Legion of Superheroes, something like that. Yeah, and then he ends up like a janitor at the Legion of Superheroes museum or something, and so he steals the Legion's time bubble and a flight ring, and I think the and the suit, the booster gold suit, yeah, to travel back in time and be a hero again, like he used to be a football hero. So he comes back to '80s DC. And gets all these sponsorships and stuff, and basically he's a sports guy, except he's trying to be a superhero. And sometimes he's actually ended up being a superhero. He's on the Justice League. Yeah, um, it was, it was but uh, yeah, he's Blue, a, Beetle, Blue, Blue Beetle and Booster Gold were buddies who always yeah. had like some sort of side hustle, weirdo scam, playing yeah. pranks on... Blue and Gold. Uh, yeah, playing pranks on uh, Martian Manhunter kind of stuff. So at one point, for some reason, I feel like I thought the Booster's Gold thi- Booster Gold's thing was that he was a, a time traveling person. He is who was like a big. He was a big fuck up. It, everyone thought, but he actually wasn't a big fuck up. So he has to be traveling through time yeah. and be pretending to be more bumbling than he was. And he was actually is that, that actually was, a story? They did that for a while. Jerry Ordway, Dan Jurgens run. Yeah, it was after fifty two. During yeah. fifty two, okay, so that seems sort of like the opposite version of him. But that's yeah, that fifty two. But yeah, they did that for a while, and it seems now like he's back to being just a fuck up. Because he's a fuck up, which okay. I which Not I because prefer. he's pretending. <laughs> even I, I even like the then, sound of that. even yeah. then, when he was when he was when they were pretending that he wasn't a fuck up, like it was he he wasn't doing it. He he never does anything for altruistic reasons. Like he's pretty self centered. He does things for money or for fame or you know whatever. Uh, and and at that point, when they were trying to make it look like he was doing these things uh, and he was actually a, a good hero, it was. More because he, he had to do these things and not take credit. So he had to fix right, these timelines, okay. but he wasn't allowed to take credit. So he was doing some pretty cool stuff, and he wasn't allowed to take credit, but it wasn't because he was a good guy. It was because it would destroy all of time or something like that. All that being said, this is a Batman story. <laughs> um, and it was mostly Booster Gold. And I I guess what Django and I talked about was, for me, I, I thought this was a perfect, like, like Moving towards the wedding, but not being directly about the wedding, but being a totally new story related to the wedding. I, I don't know. This walked a really fine line where I can't wait to just see Bruce and Catwoman talking about the wedding. But at the same time, um, this is not that, but moving closer to it. I, I think this walked a really fine line of not weighing the hand of, oh, I know you guys like this wedding story, so I'm going to keep giving it to you. They're not giving it to us, but they're giving us... Um, glimpses around that. And I, I think that's a really intelligent storytelling move to not give you too much of what you want, but still be giving you what you want. It feels to yeah. me like DC told Tom King, all right, buddy, let's wait till issue 50. It's going to be a double-sized issue, and it's going to come out on the 4th of July. Let's let's push this wedding off a little bit. And instead of doing what a lot of writers have done when they're presented with like a crossover, a, an editorial mandate that says, oh, stall or like stretch this out and actually stretch the story out. He's just come up with really nice inventive 
side stories to stretch this thing out. And it doesn't it doesn't feel like that. Um, it, this just feels kind of like another one of the Super Friends episodes. Yeah. Kind of like where he met met up with Superman or met up with Wonder Woman. Now he's meeting up with Booster Gold, who's giving him a terrible, terrible wedding present and of saving his parents. If you were to tell me a Booster Gold issue, I'd be like, nah, I'm going to skip this one. But I didn't, and I really liked it. Yeah. Um, you had said that he was planning a 100-issue run. Is that right? That's what I heard, and I can't remember when or where I heard that. Man, but... I, I don't want to be halfway done with his run. I mean, I guess, mm. I, like yeah. I said earlier, I love an ending, but this is great. And yeah. it's, it's, it's my favorite Batman run I've read since... Uh, I'm curious to see what he's got in store because a hundred issues, the wedding seems like the end point to us right now. And I can't imagine what the whole package is going to look like when you take into account uh, Gotham girl Mm -hmm. and Gotham guy or whatever. The start of his whole story. The start of his story (laughs) and the Bane stuff and the War of Jokes and Riddles, which is kind of wrapping into the wedding. Um, Like, where do we go from the wedding, I guess, is is what I'm curious about. Well, I guess, can we take a vote? Doesn't Who here thinks the wedding's going to happen? I do. You think they're going to get married? Yeah. Brayden and Jenga both raised their hands. Roman, what about you? Oh, man. They might get married, but I think something's going to, like, reverse it or ruin it or something. What if they kill Bruce and Catwoman takes over his title? i got to give credit to Matthew Williamson for that. <laughs> I'm down. And Dick Grayson steps in. Is it's gonna be weird for her to have her own book? Is Catwoman. is he gonna become Catwoman? No, he's gonna be dead. Yeah, but Joel Jones is writing and drawing a Catwoman book starting in like two months. Continuity, uh, continuity. I feel like maybe they'll get married and he'll have to sacrifice it and undo the wedding, but he'll be the only mm-hmm. one that remembers they got married. No, they're oh. gonna Peter Parker and Mary Jane it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's gonna Although give him. Parker a... didn't even remember they got married, did he? No, I don't no, think they do. Actually, does I think, he? I think they, they're the only ones who remember it. I can't tell in the current series because they're getting back together kind of. But they don't bring one it up them... for a long time, but they bring it up eventually oh. in like Brand New Day somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I think it it'd be good because... One moment in time arc. Batman hmm. needs a reason to brood. I agree. Brood and... Wayne. Brood Wayne. <laughs> yeah. Where's, I... that, where's that laugh track? <laughs> 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 um, I really like... I really like it all. I want it, I want I want them to get married and have a good time and then the comics to end and for Batman to get to go be happy and you put in a good you put in a good 70 years Batman go have a break. Mm. Have they said how Damien feels about this? Uh, a little yeah. bit. He's he's being huffy. In that rules yeah. of engagement arc where yeah. Dick and Damien are hanging out while Bruce is talking to Talia and her, they yeah. talk about it a little bit. Mm. Yeah. I'm also curious where Catwoman is in this alternate Booster, booster yeah. story because yeah, she, she doesn't show up. I want to know where everyone is. Like, yeah. this is a this is a pretty crazy sandbox that we've yeah, just apparently been plopped down in, and I want to explore all of it. Everybody's been all the other heroes have been Jokerized. That's why Batman's willing to kill any superheroes that come into Gotham. And I love the way Tony Daniels draws his cape. Yeah, it looks looks fantastic. I give this issue an eight point five. I think Tony Daniels is a welcome, welcome guest to this storyline, um, and Tom King's killing it. I don't really know too much or care too much about Booster Gold, so that's the only hesitance there, mm. um, but it's still a fantastic issue that would be a great part of a story if I was reading it in the trade. I'm going to give it an 8.5 also. I would give it a 9 if the, if I like the colors a little bit more. Mm. They're a little bit washed out and not really boring, but not... 
they they don't really enhance the story for me they're at all. A little like almost like sepia tone or something. Yeah, like. they're 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 good, but they're not great. Yeah. And the rest of the book is great. See, I like that sepia tone thing because it it, it it implies the uh, this strange kind of nostalgic tinged reality that isn't isn't really reality. I like that. I like that way of processing it. Boy, do I dare. Don't oh do it, Roman. I dare. I don't, God. Roman. All right, do it. Burn it down. <laughs> I'll give this a 10. Yeah. I love the cover. I love the story. I love Booster Gold. I'll steal a Django line. I have every issue of Booster Gold of the original series, Dude. not the latest one. Moonbase does, too. Anybody listening, you need you need a Booster Gold? Moonbase has Yeah, you want to learn about Booster Gold, be boosterific. To Come down and buy these. an NBA term I've learned from my roommate, you just dropped a triple-double. A triple-double? Yeah, I don't know, something about... Double digits. Yeah, three <laughs> double-digit things and, like... Oh. It's like a hat trick. It's like a hat trick, but you get three <laughs> double-digit scores and three different types of things, like assists, rebounds. Triple play. There's such good comics. I mean, look at this cover. I love this cover. The bat symbols shining up on the clouds, except the clouds are Batman's chest, and he's all like... And the, and the well, city... Bats up here. The city looks like the bat signal. There's There's... There are three, four bat heads on that cover. You know what? Uh, did you guys give scores? Um, Brayden didn't read it. Did you read it? I just read it while you guys were talking about it. What did you think about it? I give it an 8.5. I don't like Booster Gold a lot as a character, but I think this was the perfect way to use him. That is exactly my feelings on mm. it. I got some Justice League issues you guys should read. He's got such a great costume. Can I borrow them? I love that the design, the color scheme. Yeah. Mm. I put that omnibus on your picture. <clears throat> oh, good call. Good. But maybe I'm just gonna. I really ordered that for the store so that I could take it home and not have to borrow those issues from Jenny. <laughs> Dude, I've got the issues. Yeah, you don't well, have I've to got read the, the omnibus. omnibus. <laughs> it's, got, it's got the. It's got all the ads in it. Hey, uh, I w- I'd like to give a shout out to a, a special somebody Please. today. Um, this afternoon, a man came into the store and gave me a novel to read. It was a Raymond Chandler novel. Mm. Uh, Philip Marlowe. Mm-hmm. Philip Marlowe. Yeah, right? something Marlowe. I've heard you talk about it. Big Sleep? Well, this is embarrassing. I can't remember the title, but it's uh, Phil Satile brought me a, a hard-boiled detective novel, a classic Ooh. hard-boiled detective novel to read. And uh, it's the one that they keep referring to in The Dregs, which we've talked about mm. on the podcast a bit. Oh. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to check it out. I don't know when and I don't right. know how, but it's old, like it... Smells like it was maybe printed in the 70s. It's a little smaller than books are now. The print is tiny. This is uh, going to be a thrill. Mm. A real thrill. Damn. Listen, call <laughs> us, email us. We'd love more interaction with you, the listener. I don't think that we address that convincingly enough or at the right time. Maybe we should start leading the show with that. Oh, that seems desperate. Yeah. It should be in the middle somewhere. Yeah. Get those likes and subscribe. I mean, I'm doing this just to hang out with you guys, it, but it, I do like hearing from people. It should be between Act One and Act Two of the podcast. You're I thought that's what right. that's when we talk about our shaving habits. Check this and out: the Harry's razor <laughs> that I use. Check this out: <laughs> Act One, comic book talking. Okay. Bam! Fast. Talking about things like thanking Nick Waite for letting us use his music for the intro and outro mm. music of every podcast. SoundCloud.com slash Stemmingway. S-T-E-M-I-N-G-W-A-Y. Um, bam. Cut back to act two. Start with the buckshot. Okay. And then get one or two final books in. That's a good formula. Can, can we have a special sign-off? Oh, yeah. I, th- I think tonight, today, whenever yeah. you're listening to this. This time. 
I think we should, uh, as we sign off, give the best advice we can. Oh, God. Just like oh, life advice. <laughs> I don't think we should think about it for very long. I think I should spring this on you guys. Yeah. I've already got mine, but it's, it is stealing Django's. Oh, you motherfucker. I've been thinking about if this. If you steal mine, I'm going to say it. I'm also going to say it. I've been thinking about this since Django talked about it the other day. So my, my life advice for the week, somebody I cornered outside the comic shop for 30 minutes today and had a conversation before coming in. Um, but I came up with this myself, and nobody else told me. <laughs> and it is assume positive intent. You, you I'm son Jeff Figley, and I'll see you next week. You're a thief. <laughs> I'm Django, and my best advice is to never tell Jeff anything. He's just going <laughs> to take it from you and take it for his own. I'm sure he had good intentions. But also assume positive intent. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm, think that's a good rule. I have been talking about it every day since you told me that. Yeah, I've been thinking about it every day since I heard it on Tim Ferriss's podcast. It's the, it's the best thing that you can do, I think, to in- improve your internal state of happiness. Yeah. I'm, I'm a Roman. Um, this better not be tantric in nature. Oh, man. Okay, let me think about it's this. It's always tantric <laughs> with Roman. No. I was, delay, I was, delay, delay, delay. I was just <laughs> going to say you should always be kind and eat curry. Ever since you were talking about couriers, I started wondering, do couriers ever curry curry? And now that's maybe want curry. So you should get some curry. Brayden, please save us. (laughs) I'm Brayden, and uh, my advice is to get you a boss that works for you. (laughs) 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 I don't get it.